Good morning, family. It's so great to be together, to come and unite around our love for the Lord Jesus, to have an opportunity to worship together and share the word. We're going to have a great time in our service today. You'll notice that our worship team is a little smaller, and that's just because we're trying to make sure that everybody's healthy and good and minimize whatever risk we can. But we're still going to have a fantastic time in worship, and we've got a really encouraging message, and Natasha and I is going to share with you about the goodness of God just in the time of suffering that we're going through. So get ready, get in a position to worship the Lord and to maximize this opportunity. It's so great to have you with us today. Give my yes to you today. 
Well, Lord, what a privilege we have of giving worship and glory to your name.
Your presence draws us, Lord God. A longing and a thirsting for your goodness. Time in your presence is never wasted. In fact, it's the most precious time there is. Lord, I pray that we would have the heart of the psalmist that says, I would rather be a doorkeeper standing at the house of my God than be anywhere else. And I really sense in this time that the presence of God comes as a healing balm. Psalm 42 verse 5 says, Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you at turmoil within me? This is the psalmist David speaking to himself. And then he answers himself. He says, hope in God, for I shall again praise him. My salvation and my God. The Holy Spirit comes. He brings a healing balm. Let's activate our spirits this morning and say, Lord, we're pushing into you. If there's something in your heart that says I'm cast down I'm down I'm depressed push into God because he is here hope in God for I shall yet praise him again my salvation and my God we thirst for you come gracious spirit of Touch you. He is here. 
16 we read the following so let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God there we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most perhaps you feel right now that you need the Lord's grace more than ever before and this is the great thing that you can come to the Lord boldly you don't have to come into his presence wondering if he wants to see you if he wants to be with you if he wants to hear your cry you can boldly step in because he's your father and he loves you and he's a God of grace. So it's wonderful to have this opportunity today to continue to be in the Lord's presence. Through our time of worship, we've shared the Lord's presence, but we continue as, as we're going to share the word shortly in his presence. So let's pray together and come with our every need to the Lord this morning. Let's, let us pray. Father, we thank you that you are a God of grace and that you have made available to us your presence, that you have made available to us access to your throne room and we can come boldly before you and ask you with with open hearts lord and to know that you hear our cry and that you guide us and lead us and that you are our provider you are our protector and i pray father for every person joining us across this broadcast today every family every household every place represented we speak your grace and your favor over people and we speak your healing hand upon our community, and we thank you for it, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, won't you get ready right now to give your tithes and offerings as we do in every service. It's part of our worship. The reason we do it in a service is because it's how we worship the Lord also. So get ready what you have purposed in your heart to give. And remember, the scripture says we give with a joyful heart. We give gladly, not under compulsion or in any way begrudgingly. We give because our God is so good and so faithful to us. And in our community, again, I just want to say it's been so remarkable to see your generosity, your faithfulness in giving to the Lord. So right now on your screen will come the different ways and how you can give. And uh, encourage you to make use of either SnapScan or pay into the bank account as it appears on your screen right now. So won't you get ready to give? Well, it's my privilege again to have Natasha with me this morning as we present to you and talk with you about uh, prayer and how uh, what we're learning about prayer through some of the famous and well-known prayers of the Old Testament and and. Uh, We've been journeying in this for a little bit now, and last week we started with Job, and today we're going to carry on with Job. But I want to just go back over the last couple of weeks and talk about what we've learned so far, particularly in the first three weeks uh, that we did this journey. Remember, we spoke about pray like Abraham, and, and in Abraham, we learned that we have a voice in prayer, that God has given us a voice, and that voice is heard in prayer. Through Moses, we learned that we must pray the word of God, that we can speak to God according to what he has made known to us. We pray the word of God. And in David, we learned that prayer leads to intimacy. So I trust that you've been journeying with us and that this has been encouraging you and that you have made your voice known to the Lord. 
that you have been crying out according to his will as revealed in the scripture and that your intimacy with the Lord has been growing through this time of prayer. And then last week we started with Job. Job is always a fantastic, very interesting book of the Old Testament to, to read and to study. And uh, it's been our privilege to journey through the book of Job. And we want to just remember you, remind you again of what the message of Job is. And as we highlighted last week, the, the message of Job is really determined by the questions that is asked in the book. And the questions summed up can, can be said like this. Does jo- is God righteous? Does he just... Uh, is he just in his governing? Is he righteous in what he does? And why should I serve God? In the context of particularly the questions that is raised in our hearts by times of suffering as Job went through it. And um, I'd like Natasha to just share with us a little bit again and remind us about some of the main issues from the book of Job as we, as we brought them to you last week. And I want to encourage you, if you haven't listened to last week's message, after this message, go and also listen to last week's message. It will really help you to get the, the, the real kernel of what we are trying to communicate. Yeah, we saw last week that um, we spoke about the retributive principle or the retributive theology of worldview thinking that, that Job and his three friends had. That was basically that good things happen to good people and bad things happen to bad people. Um, and so when all of this uh, the trauma happened to Job, it completely uh, just derailed his worldview because he was a righteous man doing good and he did not understand that that God can be just and allow these things to happen. Then Satan, we saw Satan and how he completely hates humanity um, and that he thinks that we are just actually biological waste. Um, and Satan d- believed that there is no goodness in man and that God doesn't really love man and that man does not have the ability to love God and that man is only serving God because or is righteous because um, they are scared that God, uh, you know, of God's wrath uh, towards them and that they, that's the only way that good things will happen to them through the hand of God is if they just kind of, you know, go through the motions and do that. It's not a hot issue. It's all at all. It's, it's basically, and then you know, Satan basically just asked that question that will, it, will man be able to serve God without anything? You know, um, if God gives them nothing, will, God, will man still save, uh, you know, or serve God? Because he believed that through this time of testing that Job will definitely fall and that he will not serve God. But then we saw how God believed in Job and actually in such a way that, that, he, that Job could go through this time of testing and he had faith in Job that Job will come out on the other side still with his righteousness intact um, and not sinning at all. And that's, that was yeah. what last week was all about. Yeah, so in Job we saw that there's more to man. We're not just serving God because we want to escape his wrath yeah. or because we just want the blessings, but that there is a love in our hearts for him. There's an unconditional love that is possible for us to respond towards God as he unconditionally loves us. Um, and, and Job was going through this real time of struggle yeah. and of suffering and uh, having to come to terms with what, who is God and why is he serving God. And uh, we've all experienced it. And right now, I mean, the time of suffering that we're going through in the world is, is very real. Yeah. And I want to say, you know, I think every leader, every pastor at this point in time, particularly, and health worker and, mm-hmm. and doctors are, are feeling overwhelmed yeah. by the reality of people. I know just for Natasha and myself, we, we, we're so aware. And, and obviously, we hear many of the stories of what's going on in people's lives and how tough it is. How, and, and, and I mean, we've certainly spent times just in a sense, just crying before the Lord and saying... On a weekly basis. On a weekly basis, just as we hear what's going on and the reality of what people are enduring at this time. And, And times like this, we said it last week also, it always has a shock value. When we go through such difficult times, like Job did, it causes us to... To rethink, ask questions. Yeah. And rethink and, our worldview. And it causes in us to sort of involuntarily arise these doubts and questions about who God is and, and can we love God. But, and, and the reality is these questions aren't firstly often questions of the mind, but questions of the heart. Yeah. 
And if we're not careful during a time of suffering, our heart can slowly begin to grow cold and distant from God. Mm. And we slowly withdraw because of the, 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 how hard we find it to reconcile the message of God's love and goodness with the reality of what we're experiencing. And we start asking the question, is God loving? Is he just? Is he righteous? Is he worth me serving him if, if life can go so horribly wrong? And, uh, and if we don't address those questions and if we don't allow the truth to help us, strengthen us to, to, to see the, the fuller picture and the reality of who God is and what's going on in the world, our hearts can eventually grow completely cold towards him. And we can completely withdraw from him. So I think it's very important to know how to respond in this time when, when we're going through difficulty and our hearts are struggling and we don't quite understand mm. what's going on. And, and I want to say there's two things that I think, and, and we discussed this, there's two things that we think is very important when, when we go through a time of suffering to remember in our prayer. And, and you'll see these two things come on your screen just now that I wanted to... Uh, just put out as, a, as just a reminder for us, when we go through times of difficulty, these two things. In the absence of understanding, keep putting your heart before God. Yes. In the absence of knowing and having the revelation, keep putting your heart before God. Keep saying, Lord, soften my heart. Mm. Keep my heart open to you. And, and I think that's been important. We've said yeah. it a couple of times. Cry out to the Lord. It's okay. Tell him what you're struggling with. But in that way, it's... It's putting your heart before the Lord. Remember when we spoke about don't put your heart in reverse. Put it in mm. neutral when you, when you can't engage faith. Trusting in God Trusting and who in he God is. And who he is. So keep putting your heart. That's the first thing I think is very important to pray during a time of suffering. The second thing is ask for wisdom. Yes. Ask for godly wisdom. Last week we spoke about how God's wisdom is different than man's wisdom. Ask for God's wisdom. James 1 verse 5 to 6 yeah. is so well known, isn't it? Where it says, if any of you lacks wisdom, and remember he says it in a time of counted pure joy when you go yeah. through trials and persecutions of various kinds. He says, if any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to with all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. When we come to God, we hold on to him and we say, Lord, give me wisdom. It may take time, but if you hold on to the Lord, chaos will not enter into your life. The sea, as we'll see later today even, is often in Scripture used as a picture of chaos. Yeah. And yet James, even in the New Testament, says, hold on, trust the Lord. He will give you the wisdom that is required to yeah. make this time. So when we pray in a time of suffering, put your heart before God when you don't understand what's going on. Keep putting your heart before God. And then secondly, ask him for wisdom. And I think those two things are really helpful to remember when we go through times of struggle and times of suffering. But let's go back to the, the book of Job and the message of Job. As I said earlier, the message of Job is formed around the questions of does God govern justly and why should we serve God? Is he righteous? Does he love us? And what does suffering say to us in the midst of that? And uh, I want Natasha to just talk to us a little bit about um, just the, the, the picture that we see unfold and how God is trying to answer and mm. not trying. He's helping Job to see what the reality is. So, so let me put it to you like this. It's, so Job is struggling and he's mm. suffering and he's coming to this. Why is this happening in terms of I'm a righteous person. The, the worldview that we've had of the retributive principle that good things happen to good people doesn't make sense because I'm a good person. But all this bad stuff's happening to me. I've lost so much. I've suffered so much. And as he's standing before God, wrestling with us, what God does is he doesn't answer that question. Yeah. But what he does, it's very amazing, is he, he says to Job, let me show you the behind the scenes of what's yeah. going on. It's almost like you're on a movie set and he's saying to you, there's more going on than what you can just see. And he invites Job and he takes him. And he like pulls the veil away, he removes the curtain and he lets him see what's really happening. What is the fuller picture of what's unfolding? And the way God does this is he shows him the battle that is going on uh, in the world around Job. The bigger battle, mm. the battle between good and evil. And the way God does this and helps Job understand what's going on is he creates two characters. It's, it's almost like a, like a, 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 a superhero yeah. kind of movie 
where there's good and evil going on. And God paints a picture for Job, and he describes the supervillains uh, to Job. That he says, there are these two villains that are active in the world that you need to understand are very powerful and very real. And God actually tells Job not only who these villains are, but that only God is capable to deal with these two villains. And these two villains that he describes, it's almost like if you think of in, in, in well-known movies of our day, you think of Sauron from the Lord of the Rings trilogy. He represented evil. Mm. If you think of Palpatine in the Star Wars that represents evil and the chaos and the disorder that comes into the world. If you think of, of Thanos in the, in the Marvel. A Marvel character that represented how chaos came into the world. It's like God paints these, creates these two characters. The first one's name is Behemoth and the second one is Le- Leviathan. And Natasha is going to tell us a little bit about these two characters and who they were and what yeah. they represented. Let's start with Behemoth. Yeah, so Behemoth, um, we see a few times in the Bible that the Bible speaks about Behemoth. And Behemoth was like a composite kind of animal. So it wasn't an animal that actually walked, that you could see an example of. It was like, you know, at the head of a, of a lion and the wings of a, a, you know, of an eagle or something like that. It would be a composite animal animal. Uh, but here in Job, when he talks about this composite animal of behemoth, he, it, it's a representation of a human force. It would be like, um, for instance, in Daniel, when he spoke about a composite force and he spoke about the head of a leopard and explained how this uh, composite animal beast would be like, that represented, for instance, the, the kingdom of Persia. So, so here it represents Presents a, a human kingdom, but not just a human kingdom or a human uh, power force uh, alone, but with a demonic influence behind it. So if, if we would think about it uh, to kind of make it practical for you, a behemoth kind of power force in today's language would be something like um, communist China when Mao Zedong, uh, you know, was in power or reigned there. People would... Would pay, it was a, it would be a, a a power a human power that had a demonic element behind it because uh, it created complete oppression it it, co- it created complete um, disorder and chaos in in that country and it would be people had to it displaced God for instance and people would have to put uh, pictures of Mao Zedong against their walls and they would have to have um, sayings and uh, poems or wise words that he said it it took the place of God basically you know so and it would be like Egypt uh, the Egyptian kings uh, and emperors of Rome you know it would be that kind of idea so behemoth was a was a human force with a with a demonic activity behind it that was basically what he spoke about and he was saying to Job Job you cannot control this. There is forces like that on earth that is working, human forces with a demonic activity behind it that you cannot control that. Yeah, the behemoth was interesting that it represented the animal composition that he used there was to show the, the wildness yeah, of the Yeah, because in, in, in classical, in ancient times like that, like Louis said, the, the sea was a, a representation of, of violence and they were scared of the sea and because they never knew if it, if, you know, if when is it when is it going to stop is it ever going to go further than the shore you know so that it was a wildness it wasn't and they were unclear around you know there's an uncertainty of the unknown around it and the animals you must understand when they opened their doors it was the lions who killed the sheep for instance so there was a, a beastliness around the animal kingdom that was quite scary to them you know and real to them so when he talks about this composite animal that it 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 was speaking about a beastliness that is um, that is uh, loose, you know, yeah. that it was a scary animal. It's almost like God looks down and he sees the chaos that is happening on earth and he sees the, the injustice that is happening on earth. He sees the, the rulers, the demonic forces behind rulers in kingdoms that is causing complete chaos and uh, disarray and, and um, injustice uh, um, and evil on this earth.
behemoth. Yeah. And that is the forces of behemoth. So like you're saying, what, what that describes is it's the natural forces in this world with a demonic. That has the authority because God gave man authority to rule on this earth. Yeah. So there's a godly authority and a strength. And you can read about this in, in Job 40, verse 15 to 24. He describes behemoth as yeah. this powerful being. But it's, it's the power God gave to humanity to rule on this earth, but influenced by a supernatural reality, a, dynamic, d- a d- demonic power, yeah. and the chaos that that is causing. But when we come to Leviathan now, yeah. it's not yeah. a natural force. That's yeah. a supernatural force. Yeah, so Leviathan is also used in scripture a few times but here in Job specifically it talks about it represents actually Satan you see Satan we saw, we see uh, we read about Satan in in Job 1 but then all of a sudden he's off the scene completely and then when God gives his speeches here explaining to Job listen Job this is what's going on behind the scenes as you explained he talks about Leviathan actually as Satan being Leviathan a force of uh, chaos and of death, yeah. the ag- agent of, uh, of death and chaos. And that is who Leviathan is. So it is a complete, the, uh, it's a complete demonic force. It is Satan. We also, uh, he also spoke about the night spirit earlier, and that's the same thing. So these two forces that was on, that is active working um, in the world, uh, God is not saying, I'm God, you mere man, you can't do anything about it as um, degrading Job. He's explaining to Job. He's not answering the questions of evil to Job. He's explaining to him the complexity of evil. He's explaining that to Job. The behind the scenes of what he needs to deal with that Job cannot deal with it in his humanity. He has to deal with it and we see that he did in a future. Yeah, so God, the book of Job has has great descriptions there's from from Job 38 onwards to 42 it's the speeches of God and he uses many animal metaphors to describe to Job the wildness the the chaos of this power Leviathan was also a word that was often associated in their culture and languages with a sea dragon the sea like Natasha said representing chaos a place that they didn't understand and this dragon that rises out of the sea to to cause chaos on the earth and that picture we even see in the book of Revelation and so when Jesus speaks about the dragon that fell from heaven. It's this idea of this this force, this personal force that works in the world to destroy. Uh, And remember what Jesus said in John 10 again, the thief comes to steal, can destroy. There's this power that is at work. And God describes to Job and, and like I said, pulls the curtain away and lets Job see this power in its reality and how strong this power is and how big this power is and how the effect that this power is having in the world and that the, that the enemy, because he hates man so much, is all out at destroying man and this world and he hates God mm-hmm. and he anything that carries God's image even also he wants to destroy. Yeah, he hates man because a man is made in God's image and so so just kind of as an insert here is that that's why he always attacks your identity and when you go through a time of traumatic or suffering or evil or questioning it 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 questions identity who am I in this world you know who am I towards measuring myself in this world towards um, what is happening around me you know so it always attacks my identity in my life yeah and and the reality is God not only describes them to Job that he sees, he sort of gets a bit of a view of this power of evil that's active in the world and bringing suffering and destruction. That was the first point God was making. The more important point God was making is I'm the only one qualified to, to deal and with powerful this. and good enough and loving enough to deal with this power. I'm greater than this power. You may think as man and be tempted to think as man that you can deal with this power, but this power will uh, will will uh, overcome you and overpower you and destroy you and use you for its own good. But only God is righteous and good and just to deal with this power. So as he describes this to Job, Job's response as we read it in Job 42 is then he gets the revelation and he sees 
wow, there's more to this situation. And, and then he turns to God. Not that he was sinning against God, but now he understands more fully. And let's read his uh, response in Job 42, verse 1 to 6. basically his prayer. His prayer. This is his prayer that he prays. Then Job replied to the Lord, I know that you can do all things. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. You asked, who is this that obscures my plans without knowledge? Surely I spoke of things I did not understand, things too wonderful for me to know. And that's Job's prayer that he prays to the Lord. You can see it's like his eyes have been opened. He, he, he has wisdom. He's received wisdom from the Lord. Would you describe for us a little bit that wisdom that he was, was gaining from the Lord and how that changed his mind? Yeah, we see further on that uh, Job then repents and, uh, and then he talks about how he is just, um, uh, you know, ash before he's, he, he comes. He's talking about the frailty of humanity and, and, and how frail um, our thinking is, you know, and how frail we are uh, as, as human beings. And he, he comes before the Lord and he repents. And that repentance is not a repentance of sin. It's, a, it's a, the word there actually means a changing of his mind. So uh, in different translations, it would, it would say, my eyes have seen and my ears have heard. Um, and then that, that changes uh, Job's mind, you know, even so in a way that he had to pray for his friends afterwards when God rebuked his friends because they never changed their thinking. They still had the retributive principle, you know, lived mm. by that. But Job then understood what God was talking about and that he is not, he, he will never be able to, uh, you know, to handle this, these two forces, you know, and I, I was just thinking about it when you go through a time of, of, of testing and, and, you know, in this uh, confused time and, uh, and, and the chaos that it brings in your life, what it does um, in, a, in you as a, as a Christian, what, what Christianity does for us, if I can actually use this bowl as an uh, an explanation is that Christianity is like the frame. If you think of this bowl, uh, if it if it would be a house, you know, and this is the frame of the house, a little igloo yeah. um, that you uh, and you would build around it. You would actually build stone or brick or cement or something around it. But it would the the brick and the stone and the cement will not be able to last without the frame. So Christianity for us, so it's like your skeleton inside of your body. Christianity for us is the frame inside of us. It is our understanding of how we see the world. It, and it, this frame is made up of our foundational thinking about God, about who God is. That, like they had a foundational thinking, and their foundational thinking was the retributive principle. If I do good, good things will happen to me. So for us, Christianity, because we have Jesus, we understand that what makes up our frame is that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He died and He rose again, and through His, I live in His resurrected power that he broke the back of sin. So I'm no longer a slave to sin. I'm a slave to righteousness, that by his stripes I can be healed, um, that God is good and that, his goodness, that he has goodness, to, uh, good intention towards me. That is how he's a loving father. Before he was a, a creator, he, uh, before he was a savior, he was a creator. Before he was a creator, he was a loving father. So that is our foundational beliefs about Christianity that strengthens us. That's the strength inside of us. When we go through a time of uh, trials and tribulations or suffering or trauma, tremendous trauma, we, it confronts the foundational, the frame of our thinking of our foundational truths of Christianity. And, um, and it shows sometimes the cracks, like we said in the first two points, you know, that bring your heart before God and let him show, show God, reveal to me what is going on. I'm asking you for wisdom in my life. And then what, what we pray in that time is we reaffirm foundational truths because this is what is shaking. 
What I'm believing is this is shaking. My, my frame is shaking. But then we reaffirm foundational truths so that our mind can change according to um, the, the righteousness of God, the right thinking about God. This is what happened to Job. His frame was shaking and then he adjusted his thinking so that he can be strengthened in his belief system. And what I've learned to do in a time of, of, of just going through difficult times, you know, I know both of us has gone through loss. I've lost my brother, Louis lost his father, you know, we've, we've, and, and we've lost great friendships and we, we've, we definitely had our share, our share of loss and, and trauma that we've gone through. And in that time, when, when, your, when your faith and your belief system is shaken and, and your foundational truths is shaken, the way that you handle that is by reaffirming foundational truths. Mm. You reaffirm, yes, that God is good. I believe that God is good. In the face of this, I believe that God is good. In the face of this, I believe in Jesus Christ, that yeah. he is the only son of God, that he died for me and that I can overcome this. And so I, I reaffirm that. And then the most amazing thing is, is, is that, that choosing of that Satan confronted and said, God, will man serve God for nothing? And that's what we learned from Daniel and his friends in the, in, in the fiery furnace. God will save us, but even if he does not save us, we will serve him. So Job was here saying, because remember, Job never saw God, mm. um, uh, God defeating Leviathan. He just had to believe that God would, pointing towards Jesus. That's yep. the way that God would and do I, that. And I think that to me is it's so good what you're saying about this frame. And so what did we learn from the book of Job? That, that we should strengthen our frame with. Yeah. I want to highlight that. So that that helps us in our prayer life. Um, because remember, we're talking about prayer. Yeah. And how does, what do we learn so to pray? So uh, there's three points that I think we learn from the book of Job. Yeah. Firstly, that God does govern justly. Yes. And, and we have to strengthen our frame, our belief system, with that confession the whole time. That when the chaos of this world comes... Because of the worldly powers that are, that are being used for evil by demonic forces or when demonic forces themselves come against us. And just because we live in a broken world that is suffering, these things happen to yeah. us. Whenever that come at us, it creates evil. Yeah. we need to strengthen in our hearts that belief that says God does govern justly. Yes. There's more to this than what I understand. I don't, I don't see the fuller picture, but I know this for a fact that God does govern justly. And, and so good. my prayer life needs to be formed by that confession the whole time. Mm. And that's where the word is so important in my prayer life, because the word strengthens me in that, gives me that revelation so that I can confess and proclaim and pray from a place of, yes, there's real chaos, there's real suffering that's coming against me. But I'm standing on a foundation of the justice and the love and yeah. the goodness of God. So that's the first thing. Secondly, that only God can deal with evil. Again, we'll talk about this a bit more next week. I have a role to play. But my role can only be allowing God to do what he needs to do and in support of his role with dealing with evil. Only God can deal with evil. We don't have the wisdom as mankind. Yeah. And that's where Christians and the rest of the world sometimes struggle with each other because the rest of the world thinks that man can deal with evil. But Christians says only God can deal with yeah. evil. It's only by God's wisdom that we can deal with evil. So that's the second thing. And when we come to the Lord in prayer, we pray, Lord, like Jesus said, you know, uh, forgive us our daily sin. And, and, and help us forgive those who have sinned against us. There's God's wisdom of how you deal yeah. with evil because only God can deal with evil. In our prayer, we call on the name of the Lord and we ask him to help us. And then the third thing is we learn from Job God's wisdom and love. Yeah. And that God has the wisdom and that God loves us. That he believes in us, like we've said, and that he is with us and that he's working with us. Now, I do want to add that we have the privilege today yes. of having the fuller revelation that what Job yeah. and Natasha touched on it just now. We look at the story of Job with the knowledge of the cross of oh. Jesus crucified. And that, the scripture says, is the wisdom of God in dealing with evil. That's God, how we dealt with evil. God deals with behemoth and Leviathan through the cross. 
The cross is the place where the back of evil is broken, where the power of evil is broken. The name of Jesus is the name that is above every other name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. No power, no matter how strong and how what its effect is in this world is stronger than the name of Jesus. At the name of Jesus, every demonic force is broken. Its power is broken. And we have the name of Jesus. Yeah. And that's the joy that we stand in today and to say we proclaim the name of Jesus. That's why when we pray, we pray in the name of Jesus. Not yes. as a ritual, not as, a, as some mantra that we pray, some, yeah. some, some key word that we have to put in a prayer, otherwise the prayer is not effective. No, we stand in the powerful name of Jesus and we confront the chaos in this world. And yeah. next week, we're going to talk more about yeah, how we do that through yeah. the book of Daniel and Daniel and what we learn about Daniel and fighting from Daniel 10. But that we're going to talk about next week. But that's the joy and the hope that is within yes. us. So we, we learn this from the book of Job. Yes. I mean, that uh, praying in the name of Jesus, uh, Paul saying, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. He, you know, they, it's almost pointing back. It's as if Paul has read the book of Job, you know, which yeah. I'm sure he has and studied because he suffered a lot, you know, but he, how he could say, but this is the way that God dealt with it. But doesn't that make Job an amazing character in the Bible? That he never saw the cross. He yes. never saw that. But he had, had like Abram, like Moses, like David, um, pointing, prophesying, thinking about how God will deal with this evil in this world. So Job saw that he he knew that God was going, had faith in God. So yeah. the same for us when we go through that time, just learning about that in Job's life, that unconditional faith in God, that unconditional trust in God, that when my frame gets shaken, that he is the God who deals, who has dealt with evil, who has broke the back of evil, you know, and, and, and that is how we saw David in the Psalms, how he would go to bed at night and sleep peacefully, you know, because he knew that God, he, they knew God's character. And yeah. that's for us why it's so important to run to God and not a, run away from yeah. God. So as we bring this time to a close, uh, I want to say again, we are deeply aware of the real struggles that people are going through. These, we, we can talk about these things and we're trying to help and encourage and strengthen your faith. But you are living in that space where right there you're confronted with chaos, with suffering. And, and, and we know, and man, I, I wish we had time to tell you just some of the stories of what's going on in our own community, yes. what people are going through. It, it, you, you cry, you you. You, you have no words. And that's the reality when it comes to times of suffering. And we see it even in the book of Job. God didn't try and answer to him the why, the suffering. Yeah. God just came and said, there's real battles going on, but I am with you. And I have overcome evil. To Job, he said, I will. But to us, we can say God has overcome evil. So the real struggles you're going through, the real losses that you're experiencing right now, yeah, I mean, in, in Job, we saw the loss that he, although yeah. God restored everything to him, uh, I mean, he had double what he, ha what, he, what he had, but he still had the loss of his children. Yeah, the scars you know? were still on him. And, and he, he it, nowhere it says in the Bible, uh, in Job, that he was healed, but we, we kind of take that for granted that he was healed because he lived 120 years after that and had more children, 10 more children. But, but the, the scars on his skin, so, so we walk often uh, showing the battle scars in the face of the loss that we have, and it's okay. Yeah. It's actually okay to have that loss loss in your life and to and to be aware of that and to have the battle scars uh, in that and Job walked with a completely new worldview a completely new understanding with the loss with the battle scars yeah. the scars become often our testimony of the victory yes. like the scars on the body of Christ yeah that is there for eternity that will always be the reminder of the victory mm. we have won in Christ yes. so I want to say to you today and we want to say to you yeah. today we want to just come with you yeah. and as much as we can with all of our other leaders and every person in our community, we want to come around and say, 
The war is great. The suffering is real. Yeah. But God is good. Yes. And God has won the victory. Like we so often say, we know the end of the book. We know the end of the story. Right now, you are going through some tough times. Hmm. And, and nobody can explain it to you. Why? There's no necessarily why answer. Sometimes there's something I've done wrong and it leads to problems in my life and there's a why connection. Yeah. But in the bigger picture, that's, that's not... A job with, oh, no, that's a Proverbs wisdom. That's yeah. a Proverbs wisdom. But, but that's not always explaining. Often it doesn't explain. Mm. When you've lost a loved one, that's not a why question. That's the reality. And God says to us, there's a real problem in this world. But I'm really good and I really love you and I really overcome evil. And that's our hope and our faith. So when we go through times of suffering, we don't come away from the Lord. We come to the Lord. We pour out our hearts. We cry. We pour out our emotions, our, our lack of understanding, our frustration. We all bring it to the Lord so that He can give us His wisdom. Mm. Remember where we started? And He can strengthen us mm. in our frame to be able to stand strong and in our revelation so that we not only stand strong but can bring order into a chaotic world because he works in us and through us. So thank you for joining us today. We're going to end with a word of prayer shortly. But I want to remind you that there's many ways that you can get prayer today. And on your screen will come the information of how you can connect with people um, right now or by sending an email later when, when it suits you or if you don't have enough data, you're welcome to connect with us. And may the Lord just guide you and lead you, but knowing that you're not alone. There are people that want to pray with you and stand with you and strengthen you. There's also announcements that will come up after the service as we end, and please make sure that you pay attention to those. So let's just pray together. Natasha and I want to pray with you. I'm going to just lead us in a word of prayer. Father, you are good. Yes, Lord. And today, despite and because of all the struggle we see in this world, the COVID-19, the chaos that it has created in this world, we come to you. Our hope, our salvation, the only one that can save us, the mm -hmm. only one that can bring order and righteousness and justice into this world. Mm. We praise you, Lord. We lift up your name. We may not understand, but we come to you. We find our rest in you and we ask, Lord, that you would help our hearts to stay soft, to stay open mm. towards you. Mm. And then we ask, Lord, that you will give us wisdom, your wisdom, of how to live in this world, how to see these things, how to stand strong against them, and how to act so that your kingdom can come on earth as it is in heaven. And we thank you for that. Thank you, Lord, that it's not by might nor by power, but by your spirit. Thank you for the name of Jesus that is above yes, every Lord. other name. Thank you, Lord, that no weapon formed against us will prosper, yes, but that you are working Together things for our good, for our transformation, so that your kingdom will come. And we thank you for that, and we trust in you, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Please go watch the announcements, and then also make use of the prayer opportunities that we have. It's been a pleasure for Natasha and I to share this day with you, and we pray that you'll have a wonderful day and a fantastic week. Bless you. Bye.